Right. Welcome once again to another beautiful day. This is the Puzzles Gate Online broadcast. My name is Isaiah Philipson. Welcome you specially this morning to this wonderful life broadcast. The Father has been so marvelous. His goodness and grace has been pouring upon us and we are witnessing a new sense of increase, a new sense of spiritual impartation, a new sense of spiritual development. All right. We are going to continue this day to press into the Father's heart desire. We're going to continue to seek his face. We're going to continue to seek his mind. Thank you so much, man of God, this morning for joining. Really appreciate it. So we're going to pray this morning. We're going to continue to track the heart of the Father. We, this morning, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 5. We've been looking at the concept of the culture of apostolic prayer, you know, the, 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 the entire, you know, book of Acts is filled with, you know, beautiful principles and values regarding to prayer. And I'm of the opinion that in this new day where the Spirit of God is bringing us into a new sense of awareness and reality, we need to go back to the pattern and find how the, the you know, the, the brethren did it back then, all right? They were sustained continually by a power that is beyond the realms that they lived in. And we believe that if we are going to do the same in our day, if we're ever going to walk in the reality of God's intention for our day, we have to also tap into that power and maintain the culture of that power. And that is what we are looking into. So this morning, we're going to be looking at the book of Acts. Remember, you know, the... the when the scripture were written, they were not written in, in verses and chapters. So it was a continual flow. All right? And I would, like, I would like us to you know continue to look at that flow. So uh, let's not divide them in terms of chapters and you know and verses. It's just a continual engagement of spiritual experience. We saw that beginning from chapter one. All right. Now we're going to be dealing with chapter five, but we have to at least go back a bit and understand what happened in chapter four. All right. To be able to understand the context of chapter 5. So we're going to pray. But before I pray, I'm going to play, play this song. Alright. I'm going to play this song. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord is good. Bless you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we are Can I? 
can never describe who you are. Imagination will never be able to comprehend who you are. Eternity will never be able to explain your majesty to us. We honor you, Father. We exalt you, O God. 
We give you all glory. We give you all praise. Elion, you are God. Our King, our Savior, our Lord, our Redeemer. You've given us joy. You've given us life. You've given us hope. You've given us all that we need. We're satisfying you. You satisfy our mouths. You satisfy our mouth with good things. What more can we ask? You've given us life, your very life. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for another day like this. Another moment, another opportunity, privilege to be part of a company of people that can approach you and shower you with honor and glory. We love you, Father. Our heart swells before you in adoration. We praise you. We adore you. Yes. There is nothing else this morning that we love to do, that we love to worship. There's nothing else this morning that we love, oh God, to engage in, but to behold you in the beauty of your holiness, to see your face as David longs for you, as David pants for you. Father, we yearn, we pant for you, we quest for you. Nothing will satisfy us than to worship than to honor, than to glorify, than to magnify, than to live our life daily being poured out unto you, O God, as an offering. It's our pleasure this morning to come and give you all that you've given unto us. It's a pleasure to bow at your feet this morning, to kneel at your footstool, to proclaim that you, God, Yahweh, you reign, that you, our eternal God, you reign our bulwark, our solid strength foundation, our rock of all ages. Not just age that past, not just the present, but of all ages. Thank you. We love the way you father us. We love the way you father us. We love your discipline. We love your chastening. We love your care. We love your truth. We thank you for fathering us. Thank you for being our father, but thank you also for being our God. Thank you for being our savior. Thank you for everything that you've done for us. We are grateful. We are grateful. We want to come and say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for life. Thank you for your son. Thank you for Christ dying on the cross. You loved us so much that even while we were in sin, you look past our sin. You went to the cross on our behalf. You died as us on the cross. You redeemed us from shame. You washed us. You cleansed us. Now we're redeemed. Thank you for newness of life. Thank you this morning once again. That we can see from this perspective. And therefore we feel humble. We feel so unworthy. Yes, because of the things that you have done for us and the way we respond. Help us, Father, to realize that there is nothing that you have not given to us. You've given us all things. You said your word, your word said you've given unto us all things that pertains to life and godliness. Thank you. Oh, Father, we embrace the truth. We embrace your promise. We embrace that which your spirit, oh God, has proclaimed. We thank you, God, for this brand new day. 
May we continue to journey further in you. May we continue to journey deeper in the reality of your intentions for our life. That our life is daily, yes, revolving. That we are daily growing and increasing. That we are daily maturing. That we are not the same people. Yes, just slept yesterday. It's a brand new day. A brand new day. A new order, a new sense of redemption has done on us. Once again, that we have been elevated. That we have been transformed as we come to your heel. As we come to the heel of transfiguration, that we are being transformed. We're becoming more like you, Jesus. That's our desire. To become more like you. That the more we climb the heel of the Lord, the more the soul loses its grip, loses its hold, loses its power over us. And the more our spirit is being empowered, being energized. Thank you, Father. That your image that you have given to us when you created man in the first day is that image that we're seeking for. Nothing else will suffice. We want to be like you. We want to be like you. We want to be like you. We want to reflect you. We want to honor you. We want to please you. We want to represent you. We want once again what men on earth, when they look at us, they will see men walk in the likeness of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We humble ourselves this day and we say, Lord, have your way. Wash us. Cleanse us again. As we engage your word, as we engage your presence, cleanse us. Your word, your word is water. It washes. It cleanses. It purifies it renews us. It energizes us. Your word is our energy. Your word is what satisfies our soul. Nothing else will do, oh God. Not the pleasures of this world. We embrace your word. Your word takes preeminence in our life. Your word takes preeminence in our life. Thank you, Spirit of the Lord. We value your word more than life itself. We value your word more than anything, oh God. We thank you. We honor you. We bless you. Thank you, oh God, that as we speak, oh God, we know, oh God, that our words are spirit and they are life because your words are spirit and life. And therefore, we can live in accordance to your divine pattern. Yes, you showed us how to live. When you want something, you speak them into being. And therefore, this day we thank you that we speak your word into being. We speak our, our purpose, our calling into being. We thank you, Lord, that we are that generation that represents your intentions in the earth. We are that generation that carry, yes, your desire to the ends of the earth. We are that generation, oh God, that carries your very presence. We are act bearers. Thank you, Spirit of the Lord, this morning. That we have won once again the effort. That we are dressed in the order, oh God, yes, of a priesthood call after the order of Melchizedek. We thank you this morning. That we are positioned, yes, from the from from the location of the tribe of Judah, a position of the rising of the his sun. Thank you this morning that we rise, oh God, as the sun rises from the east. That Lord, our star will continue to shine, that men will see this brightness of your glory in us and through us, oh God, that we will represent your intention. That there is no sickness or disease, infirmity among us. That we are cleansed, washed. You are our Jehovah Rapha. You are the God who heals us. We are healed this morning of every broken heart, of broken thoughts, and broken minds, and, 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 and desire. We are healed. Every aspect of our DNA is being reconstructed to bring pleasure and honor to you. We are not, oh God, in a state of dysfunctionality. We thank you this morning. That we are aligned to your mind, to your will. 
to your plan, to your counsel, to your purpose. We say this morning that it is well with our soul. It is well with our soul. You say, say to the righteous, it shall be well with you. It is well with our soul. It is well with our soul that we are blessed in the city. We are blessed. Yes, going out, we are blessed coming in. We are blessed, oh God, in the north, in the south, in the east, in the west. That every aspect of our life reflects, yes, the declarations of your good pleasure. We honor you. It's an honor to be called of you. To be part of the chosen tribe. To be part of the remnant who lift their hands unto you unashamed and proclaim that he reigns. You reign not just in our life, not just in our home. You reign in the earth. You are the God of the heavens and the earth, the God of the universe. All eyes shall behold your glory. The desires of the nations are rising to you. Yes. Every hands will be lifted to you and proclaim you are God. Thank you, Abba Father. We bless your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy of glory. He's worthy of honor. Come on. Could you just praise him with me this morning? He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. We praise your name. We praise your name. Regardless of how we feel, we praise your name. Regardless of how we feel, we praise your name. Feelings, they come and go. Our feelings does not determine our position with you. No. We praise you. We, we dare praise you. We, de we dare praise you this morning. We dare to proclaim that you reign. You reign. You reign. You reign in us. Through us. Your kingdom come. Let it come. Let it come. Let your kingdom come. It's our prayer. It's our desire. We want to see the manifestation, the nearness of your kingdom in every area of our life. May your kingdom come. May it come into our home. May your kingdom come into our marriage. May your kingdom come, oh God, into our space, into the life of our children, our wife, our husband, our ministry. May your kingdom come into our community. May your kingdom come into our extended family. May your kingdom come into our city, into our nation, into our province. May your kingdom come this morning. May your kingdom come. When your kingdom come, Christ, you're the king within the kingdom. You reign. We crown you king. We crown you Lord. We crown you Messiah. We crown you the Lord of of the nations we crown you oh god every eyes will see every knee will bow every tongue will confess that you jesus you reign you are god there's no god like you there's no king like you ah we, we celebrate you this day Oh, hallelujah. Our heart swells in, in praise this morning our heart oh god longs for you as it, as david says the swallow has found a place Yes, to lay a young. But you, Father, you're still searching. Son of man, you're still searching. Don't search anymore. Finding us a place to lay your head this morning. Finding me a place to lay your head. Speak to me. Share your burdens with me. Help me. Oh, Father. Love you. Love you, Jesus. Love you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being patient with us. Thank you. Thank you for being patient with us. Thank you for waiting. You called us to wait, but you are the best waiter. You've waited on us while we were deep 
in sin, while we were deep in rebellion, doing our own thing, you waited for us because you deposited something in us that will bring pleasure and glory to you. Thank you. That you never give up on us. Wouldn't you appreciate him for that this morning? That he never gave up on you. That even when you gave up on him, he never gave, gave up on you. That he was forever waiting for you. Like the father of the prodigal son waiting at the gate for the son to come back. Hallelujah. What a God. What a God of redemption. What a God of love we serve. What a father we have in him. That he's been waiting for us. Just hanging out there waiting. She's going to come back. He's going to come back. And I will be waiting to receive him. He sighted him from afar. He ran towards his son. Welcome home. Your heart is searching for home. Embrace him this morning. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Nothing else will give us pleasure. Nothing else will give us fulfillment. Nothing else can satisfy. You satisfy our soul. You satisfy our longing. The pleasures of this world, they are temporal. They never last. You are what we need. You are what we search for. You are what we seek for. You are the desire of the nations. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Well, I'm going to welcome, once, <clears throat> welcome you once again to the Potter's Gate. This is our Beyond Devotional series. All right. We're going to kick it into this morning's um, topic. We've been dealing with the book of Acts. We've been looking at the culture of prayer. And the more you discover, you know, this life, this principle, this, you know, value, this mystery God has given to us, you know, clothed in, in prayer. You know, sometimes when we say prayer, we, we, we seem to lose the essence of, of what God has done or is doing in our life. I wish I can find another word to express you know the meaning or the, the the to capture what prayer is because when we say prayer okay all kinds of ideologies and beliefs and thoughts all right comes to play and and we 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 we, we, we do injustice to what God is trying to pass across to us Right, that, that there's more to what goes on in our prayer than the act itself. There's more that goes on in this. I mean, the Bible says in chapter four, when they got back to their, you know, to their company, they prayed, and as they prayed, the Bible says, and the place shook. The place shook, and they were filled with the spirit and with boldness, and they declared the word of God with boldness. So you begin to understand the kind of spiritual activity that was taking place amidst these people. That there must be something beyond just them holding hands and say, Hallelujah, Father, we thank you. That within the concept, within the structure of their prayer, faith is present. But beyond faith, grace is present. There's a supply of the, of, 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 you know, of the Spirit amidst them. There's a supply, there's a connection, there's, you know, there's, there's divine connectivity. The, 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 you know, there are waves, you know, waves you can see. Except you've got a special, you know, uh, uh, instrument. 
you can't see the waves just like you can't you can't you can't see the wind you, you can't you can't see it you can only feel the impact something taking place and and those are the things i really want us to track lest we get captured and we get bogged down by the idea of the prayed we've got to we've got to see beyond the word prayer and begin to understand the intention the spirit the life the importation of 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 the father himself all right that the bible says god god came down in the midst of the worship of the people in the in the midst of the praise of the people you got to see more beyond just you know the limitations of words all right that we try to use in expressing spiritual things one of the one of the things we've done in terms of not really understanding what god is saying to us is to try to limit all right you know the things of the spirit by by language but you know by human words english is 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 one of the you know one of the weakest expressions of spiritual things you know there are things i want to say i want to communicate that i can't find the right word all right to express them you know what what, what you feel in the spirit is not what you say out you know if, if i can bring out what is in my spirit and that's why sometimes we just go and it will take somebody amen who understand who is in that same frequency to pick what you're trying to express because words fail us to understand to carry out to to you know to birth to manifest to express the heart of god and that's why the bible talk about them groaning you know when you start groaning it means that you 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 shut up words <laughs> There are no words to express what you feel on the inside. You go, mmm. And within that, mmm, there are volumes of speakings. There are volumes of words. There are speakings. There are bellowings. There are revelation, impartation, importation. All kinds of things within just, mmm. You know, it's like a woman that is, that, you know, that is pregnant in that order of trying to give birth. Every push, every scream every cry amen are, are expressions of words you get to a point where you, you words cannot express what what's going on the inside what do you do you start crying all right every tears amen are expressions of of of, of words all right you start crying you start groaning you you, you you start rolling on the floor. All those things are, are are expressions of words that cannot be spoken out. You you don't know how to express them in words. So words, you know, in most cases, really don't do justice to what we want to express. And this is what I'm trying to communicate. That we we must not be boggled down. We must not be tied down. To the semantics of prayer we've got to find amen in this new day we've got to find amen, a new concept of how to understand this divine communication this spiritual communication this divine intelligence because that's what happened when we begin to pray they are released is you know is is like the military guys communicating all right in in covert words using covered words to communicate right they, 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 you, you're reading but you can't understand what they're reading but you know everything is all mobile up but they know what they're talking about because heaven is the bible says he that prays in the spirit all right 
praise not unto man. He that speaks in tongues, speak not, you know, praise not unto man, but unto God. For your understanding, hallelujah, is suspended. You cannot understand the things of the spirit with your mind. And that's why the greatest, the greatest hindrance, the greatest challenge, the greatest enemy of man is not the devil, is the fallen soul. The greatest any enemy of man is not the devil, is the fallen soul. Because your soul can deceive you. Your soul can lie to you. Your soul can make you live in denial. Your soul can pretend. Your soul can, you know, it can, 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 can deviate you from the path. A lot of people today, they, they've so built their soul that the spirit of God in them can no longer express itself. That's why the devil finds a home in a soulish person. It is my desire that will continue to shift away from the narrative of the soul, from depending on the wisdom of this world, that will continue to shift away from the intelligence of this world, where we're dealing with, where we're coming from, and the kind of activity that we're called to engage in must operate, amen, on a higher frequency, on a higher dimension of communication. We must be able to come into, amen, that concept of a well-advanced, amen, secure spiritual communication that cannot be decoded by the activities of man and the flesh. So our prayer, friends, is beyond just, you know, the words. It has to flow from the bottom of our heart. There has to be. Amen. Something on the inside of you. And that's, and that's what God wants to see. That's what God wants to hear. God doesn't listen to what is coming out of here. God listens to what comes from here. Hallelujah. Out of the abundance of the heart. Not of the mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. So if, if they are not deposited. If the life of God is not deposited in you. If you have not been stretched and expanded, if the constructions of heaven, amen, has not taken place within you, where they are pouring, amen, dimensions and realities and mysteries of God into you, your mouth will only be speaking words, and words will not even kill a fly. We've got to understand that in the days we live in, we want to be able to pray a prayer, amen, that flows from a life that has become one with God. That when we pray, our prayer is a is a is an express manifestation of the intentions of the Father. That our prayer has become one with the desires of God. You know, this morning I was I was uh, uh, inspired to you know to to do a short writing. You know, for a while I've not been writing. One of my core you know uh, competence is to write. I love writing, but since I you know begin this broadcast i've not really had time to you know to write and you know sometimes i i feel it but this morning i was writing because the lord you know normally when the lord wants me to write before i wake up he drops the title in my spirit and the title in my spirit was birth your desire birth your desire through prayer and obviously that's from james chapter four all right and, and and I began to write, I began to, you know, look at some powerful principle regarding desire. You know, God gave us desire and how we can use those desire to honor and glorify him. But unfortunately, 
our desire has been hijacked all right by the falling adamic nature and 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 you know our desire is one of the most powerful you know uh, um it's one of the most powerful if you will uh, uh faculty I may design is not a faculty, but it lives in the faculty of the soul. But our desire is one of the most powerful instruments that heaven has given to man. That the scriptures say, whatever you desire when you pray, you get it. I mean, you, you can desire to the point that even that which is not in alignment with the will of God, you can get it. That's how powerful your desire is. So if 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 your desire has not been brought under the, the, the principles, the, the, the authority is not being brought under the governing administrative life of the spirit. Your desire can actually destroy you. That's how powerful. I mean, you, you can finish, you can finish an entire army just by your by, just by desire. But yet, if you don't know how to manage this powerful leather weapon God has given to you, your own very desire can, can be your downfall. And in fact, you know, that is, that's a reality. Many people have been destroyed because of their desire. So I'm looking at the scripture and I'm writing, I'm just writing. And uh, hopefully, maybe by the weekend or thereabout, we will deal with that. But, <clears throat> but I'm just, you know, touching on this to, to bring the context of, you know, what the Lord is doing in our life in, in this new day. When a day where every aspect of our life, amen, is being highlighted, it's been highlighted. It's been, you know, point at that area. You've got to fix it. Okay. So you're not praying in this aspect and you're not standing in this aspect, walking in righteousness. But then when we look at this other aspect of your life, your desire, amen, is contradicting, amen, your prayer life. Your desire is contradicting, amen, your word life. Your desire is contradicting, amen, the, the purpose of God and the plan of God for your life. So what we want to do is to bring every aspect of our life, our entire faculty. Our faculties are supposed to be, amen, in agreement with God's plan for us. So when we pray, we're praying because we understand what God wants for us. And to understand what God wants for you, you've got to understand the word of God and see yourself in the light of truth. All right. So you're not you're not applying spiritual principle, amen, to achieve something that negates the counsel of God for your life. All right. Because that's what a lot of people do. All right. We take powerful spiritual principle. And we misappropriate it or we misapply it, amen, to a desire, amen, that is, you know, in disarray, that is contrary to what God's, to what God wants for us. So we want to come into what I call divine agreement. Every aspect of our life must come into divine agreement. All right. And this is good, particularly for those that are still, you know, uh, uh, you know, single, you know, married yet. So you've got to bring your desire, amen, to to, to, to alignment to the will of God so that when you're praying God give me a wife God give me a husband amen you're not praying you're not praying something outside the will of God your prayer amen equates amen the desire and the plan of God for your life you see the point that I'm making because you can take just a, I mean just like most people do they pray they, they pray in the exalting prayer but then the reference of their prayer is contradicting, amen, uh, th that which God plans for them. 
All right. You, you look at a man, you see this man, you look at a woman, you say, wow, this, this, I just like, I like this person. What, what informs your like? What informs your love? What informs, amen, your, your, your passion and your desire for that thing? You see a car, you love the car. I want this. Is that how God gives us our desire? Amen. Does our desire, all right, uh, 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 reflect only what we see with our eyes? The Bible says concerning Solomon, everything he saw with his eyes that he, he desired and he, he got it. All right? But we know how he ended up. All right, so, so we don't want the fact that God has given us desire and then we continue to abuse the desire. Oh, I, I, I love that, you know, a, a phone. I, I, I desire it. Then I want to know your desire. Amen. Must be speaking to the objective of God for your life. Your desire must be speaking to the objectives of God, amen, for your life regarding that thing, all right? So so before you, you begin to express your desire, first of all, check with God. I like this thing. Yes, there's nothing wrong in you desiring things. I like this thing. I want this thing. But Lord, in your eternal plan, in your eternal counsel for my life, is that what you want for me? If God says yes, oh, then you've got a what? A legitimacy to do what to continue to desire that thing, and the Bible said God will give you the desires of your heart. But a desire of a heart that is contradictory, that is contradicting the will of God, that is outside the purposes of God, that is outside the will of God, that is outside the order of God for your life, amen, will lead you into bondage. So, a lot of us have used our desire, in fact, to keep ourselves in prison. You desire, you desire the thing, but the thing now became your worst nightmare. All right, but that's not what we're dealing with this morning. All right, we're looking at some powerful concept in the book of Acts, and this morning I, I'd like us to deal with Acts chapter chapter five. All right, so I'm sure sometimes in the week they're about to we'll look at the concept of desire because I feel it's something we need to deal with now. In fact, the fact that the Father dropped it in my spirit it means that we've got to talk about it, we've got to look at it. All right, uh, um, we just must be able to trust God. You see, our problem is we have not come to the point of trust. We have not trusted God enough. All right, and that's the problem with you know some of our you know heroes, those that have you know gone before us. I mean, the same thing with Abraham. God said, this is what I want to do. All right. You wait and wait and wait. You're trusting. But at a point, uh, <laughs> that trust begin to fickle and dindle. Uh, is God still coming? You, you understand? Then alternative come. And most time, because alternative always presents itself in the now. You never get an alternative that, you know, presents itself in the future. Alternative always presents themselves in the now. All right, you've been waiting for this thing for God knows how long. Well, why waiting? Here's one. This is a guy going too hard. You get the point? Because we, we equate waiting on the Lord to delay. You've got to understand that God is never late. And these are all things we've got to factor into the concept of prayer. Some of the prayers you're praying right now, I tell you, if you're praying some of the prayer you're praying right now, may not be answered, amen, in the next six months, may not be answered, amen, in the next two years. All right, and maybe answered in fact tomorrow, but guess what? Time is not the issue, trust is the issue. If we trust in the Lord, time will not let time will no longer be amen an issue when it comes to the things of the spirit. Well, I think I've, somebody might just need to hear that. All right, let's look at Acts chapter 5. 
Uh, thank you, Father. Bless your name. The Bible says in Acts chapter 5, Now a man named Aeneas, together with his wife, Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. Sold a piece of property. Oh, what are we talking about? All right, if you read chapter 4, you notice that there was a man, a man, by the name jo Joseph, in fact, Barnabas. Let's, let's go back to chapter 4 so that we can get a context to what we're looking at. All right, we've got now. I'm sure you're beginning to see that prayer is connected with several things. That so you 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 cannot just pray and and you know I'm just praying. No, no, prayer is is an entire community. Prayer is a lifestyle. Prayer is a culture. Prayer is a prayer is is prayer is integrated. All right, every aspect of our life, Amen, reflects a dimension of prayer. There are other things that are that are connected. That are you know that ought to be involved in our prayer life. So I'm not just speaking words. All right, my prayer, my prayer, as I pray, Lord, I thank you. That is one percent. But the things that I do, the people that I work with, the, the, the kind of relationship that I keep, my friends, my circle of friends, okay, where I worship, the, the, where I attend, you know, for God knows what, you, you know, all that, amen, affects and impacts the kind of prayer that you pray. I always tell people, you know, I, I, I always make this joke. I said, I mean, if you live in Europe, or you live somewhere in America, or right, where I, I know there's poverty everywhere. But you know, certain things you you just it, it's easy to get them. Particularly if you live in certain you know place, the environment. All right. Sometimes what I'm saying is the environment we live to some degree impacts you know our prayer. We should not be, but the reality is. That's what happened. I mean, look at me now. I tell you, I'm struggling with network here. I'm struggling with network. I mean, I've been having issues of network. You know, yesterday, the network was bad. I mean, you will expect that. Come on. You're living in South Africa. Yeah, South Africa should have a good network. Unfortunately, South Africa has one of the worst network. They, they have one of the worst network and they are the most expensive. More expensive than Ghana, than Nigeria. More expensive than, you know... Some places that you will like expect. I mean, this is supposed to be an industrial, you know, community, as as they say. But it doesn't make sense that network, you know, that being able to connect, have you know, a seamless, beautiful network connection, should be a problem. I mean, it's a problem in South Africa, and that's the truth. <laughs> You know, so so I'm praying now. Can you imagine network is part of my prayer? God, just help those people to fix this thing. You know. I mean, I could spend that time dealing with, you know, things that, you know, that advances the kingdom. But because I need the network to advance what I'm doing in terms of advancing the kingdom of God, guess what? I don't have network. So network is an issue. You get the point that I'm making. So so you find people where in, 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 in certain environment that they live in, they, 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 are, they are captured in their prayer because of, you know, the environment. You, you, you understand? You, you you wake up in the morning, you're praying, God, help. my children are going to school, safety, Lord, help, you know, because the road is just carnage, because, the, you know, people people don't, they don't live, you know, they don't abide by the rules. So what I'm saying is, where there are system, where things are done, you know, where you find system in place, where there is order, where there is, you know, a, a structure, where there is, you know, administration, it eradicates certain, you know, certain prayers. It just eradicate them because those things are there. They are there, all right? <laughs> they are there. Their needs met, 
Alright, then you can advance, you can go forward and begin to deal with some more advanced thing. But you know, people that has, that have been given capacity, apostolic grace, apostolic capacity to go into nations to deal with things, you still pray for network, they're still praying for you know, uh you know, God, I need a new phone, God, I need a new iPad, you know, things they are not supposed to even be bothering themselves about. The enemy somehow strategically, alright, put those things around them. To deviate their focus, their resource, and their energy from advancing the things of the spirit, the kingdom of God, all right, to seeking for things that ought to advance their will, their, excuse me, the purpose of God in their life. I, I hope you understand what I'm saying, all right. Uh, and I always also say things like, imagine you're going to somewhere like, you know, uh, uh, you know, some place in Europe also where, you know, they're not struggling with some of the things that we're struggling with accommodation you know things like that um and though you can't go to such, such, a, such a place and you say we're starting a church and, and all you're praying is god is going to do it for you god is going to give you you know visa to travel and they're like excuse me what are you talking about i don't need no visa i'm i'm confident i'm okay with where i am can you see i'm i'm fine you know because you, you you're praying for things you're not supposed to be praying for because you know you 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 are captured by the environment and that is what the enemy is doing particularly in the in the context of Africa all right our prayer is not really dealing with the things that ought to be advancing the kingdom of God because we have been distracted by you know little petty things here little petty things here you know uh, you know we we are, we are so you know carried away by things that should have been fixed through good governance through you know good leadership i mean you look at what is happening today in zimbabwe i mean i mean zimbabwe because the lord has laid you know zimbabwe in my heart as you know as a burden all right i mean I, I, i'm not sure if some of you heard my in my broadcast yesterday i mean in my vision i had a vision two nights ago and i was i was chatting with mugabe so why did you allow the nation to get to this level? What 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 happened to you? I mean, I was chatting with Mugabe, and that's how the Lord deals with me. You know, in my prophetic engagement uh, and as a watchman, God always connect me in my spirit, all right, with leaders, and I find myself with them, chatting with them and talking and giving clarity and direction. But that's by the way, but I, I love to, to do that. I pray for Zimbabwe and I mean, I, I, I've got a lot of friends from Zimbabwe. Well, not friends, acquaintance, but it, that's a nation the Lord has put in my heart beyond South Africa and, you know, and some other parts. But so, but what I'm saying is you look at the economy of Zimbabwe right now. I mean, that is a distraction for a lot of people that God has positioned in a position where they're supposed to be advancing the kingdom of God. How can you advance the kingdom of God in a situation where, you know, you, you, you're dealing with no electricity, you're dealing with no, you know, no, no gas, you're, you're dealing with, you know, all, you, you know, all this is this petty little issues. And that is our focus. In fact, in Africa, that we focus on issues of bad governance, bad leadership. I mean, that could just be dealt with by removing the person and life moves on so that we can move into other things so some of the things that we call in you know effective prayer are just issues of bad management bad leadership and that means that we should know the kind of prayer we should be praying <laughs> god just remove this person you know and give us the right person so because god can remove the wrong person there but if you're not praying for the right person guess what you're still back to square one 
So I hope somebody got what I'm trying to say that. Say that. Okay, so we go back to chapter four just to have, you know, a kind of context, all right, to uh, um, chapter five because now we're, we're being introduced to, you know, Ananias and Sapphira, all right? But if you look to chapter, if you, if you go back to chapter 4, verse 30, 30, 36, then you understand the context. Remember, I said when the scripture were written, the scripture were not written in chapters and verses, all right? The scripture were written, amen, as one storybook, all right? But we've got to understand that, okay, chapters and verses were introduced just to help us to, you know, to get things in context. But even to, if you ask me, you know, to some degree, the, 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 the verse and the chapter sometimes they also do injustice to what God is trying to say to us because then in our mind we 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 divide we divide the speakings of God the you know the move of God and what God is trying to do but that's just me you know that's my you know teaching cap speaking now all right so in the, if you go back to chapter you know chapter four then you see in chapter in, in verse 20, 36 excuse me verse 36 Bible says Joseph a Levite from uh, a Cyprus, whom the apostle called the apostles, they call him. Whom the apostle, so it's, ma, it's not that his mother gave him that name. The Bible said, Whom the apostle called Barnabas. Wow, you know, this is this just occurred to me now. Let's listen to this Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostle called Barnabas. They call him Barnabas because of his character, because of his nature, because of his you know selflessness, because of his ability to give to resource the things of God. Powerful. I used to I used to subscribe to a ministry back then in the, you know in the in the late early nineties called the Barnabas Ministry. I don't even know if they're still existing. I used to subscribe to their newsletter, the Barnabas Ministry. Wow, just remember that. The Bible says, you know, this guy whom they call Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. What a name to give to, you know, to give to, you know, a brother in your church. Son of encouragement. You look at him, son of encouragement, Barnabas. And he smiles and you smile. Thank God for such people in our life that may God give us Barnabas. Oh, Father Lord, I need a Barnabas. Son of encouragement. The Bible says, look at what this guy did. Sold a field he owned. So he has a son of encouragement. He's wealthy. But he, he reflects, amen, his wealth by being a blessing to the house of God. You know, there are some people, they are wealthy. When they come to the house of God, they lord it over everybody. Everybody knows that, yeah, that's the guy. He's in charge. And everybody, including the apostle and the bishop, they all run after him. Because he's, he's got money. He's got influence. Now, we're seeing something here. Remember what I'm saying, that our prayer, amen, is sourced from a culture. Our prayer is sourced from a culture, and that culture is kingdom culture, all right? That your prayer is an extension, amen, of your lifestyle. That your prayer is an extension of your life, amen. That you're not praying one thing and you're living another life, amen. That there is oneness within the structure of your spiritual activity, all right? A person who, who says something else, amen, who says something and does something else is called a hypocrite. And today we've got a lot of hypocrites, amen, in the house of God, amen. They, 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 the Bible says like the Pharisees, they love to pray in open places, you know, with their long flatteries. They, they love to say to people, bless you, bless you my son, bless you my daughter, hallelujah, God bless you, bless you, bless you. I mean, I just hate those words, baby, say, bless you, bless you. Say something else. Well, that's just me. <laughs> bless you bless so the, the bible says the bible says all right 
this guy, amen, sold his land. I told you, Jewish people, the Jewish culture, in Jewish culture, you don't sell your land. It's an, herit it's an heritage. You don't sell it. You inherit it. You pass it from one generation to another. I mean, this guy is so redeemed to the point that he knew. He came to an understanding that God, amen, is my supply. God is my future and is the future of my children. I mean, when you sell a land that belongs to you, you're trying to raise a home. You're trying to, you know, continue a generation. So what would the other children, what would your children inherit? This guy just brought, you know, the concept of Jewish tradition to a new dimension. I mean, he, he just, he just killed that thing. Remember, remember these people are transiting from a Jewish culture, amen, to the kingdom culture. You've got to understand that these people are coming from a Jewish culture. That's why you find in chapter one, remember in chapter one, when they were, when, when they were supposed to choose uh, uh, somebody to replace is Judas. Remember what they did? They cast the what? A dice. Because that's what you do in the Jewish culture. Amen? To quench every argument. Alright? You just do that. They do that under the Jewish order, the Jewish, you know, culture. So, but we, you begin to see amen, transition to development. You begin to see transition, amen, from you know, a, 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 a tradition, amen, to a more spiritual life. And we're seeing that advancement, amen, in the way these individuals who are part of this community call, amen, the, you know, the, the, the church began to express their life. So here is Joseph taking this thing to another level. Remember, I said, it's not how much of how we pray that matters, amen. It is what contains our prayer and it is the life that source where the prayer is coming from. Out of the abundance, what is in your heart? What is in your heart? Whatever is in your heart, amen, is what God will look at, amen, to answer your prayer. And that is what God will define, amen, as an effective, fervent prayer. The Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man. I keep saying it. What makes your prayer effectual and fervent is not Father, thank you. I bless your name. Oh God, I thank you because you're going to do it for me. You're going to bring a miracle. Now, 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 if that's how you express yourself, that's fine. As long as what is coming out of that activity, that gymnastic, whatever you want to call it, amen, is sourced from authenticity. That's what I'm talking about. Alright, I love to pray. I, I mean, I love to pray, expressing myself. I love it because that's just who I am. You get, you get the point that I'm trying to make. Whatever how we, because you see, we are individuals. In our individuality, we express our character, our you know, our personality. Amen. Our life should, our spirituality should reflect our personality. That's why Jesus chose twelve different characters. Amen. If you look at the character of James, is is different from that of Peter. I mean. Peter will answer a question that nobody is even asking him. I mean, he will answer a question that nobody is asking him. I mean, P Peter is that kind of a, you know, a go guy. You know, here's Jesus, you know, speaking with three, three apostolic order. I mean, here's Jesus, I mean, excuse, excuse me, speaking with two. The Bible says Elijah and Moses appear, you know, on, on the mount, speaking about the things that, de that defines, amen, the, the, the exit of Jesus out of the earth. I mean, in the midst of this powerful spiritual conversation, yes, <laughs> yes, Peter coming. Um, this, it would be good for us to do three, you know, three tabernacles here. One for you, one for Moses, one for, you know, one for Elijah. Nobody even invited him in the conversation. 
you, you get the point making that is peter and and the lord and the lord chose him because listen to this one of the things we must not do that when people come to our community come to the kingdom that we try to change them no 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 let allow god amen to change them from within all right and then that which they have become from within will become a reflection of their spiritual personality one of the things that some you know apostle so-called apostle have tried to do in in the early 90s you know when they began to talk about the reformation and the apostolic is that they try to clone people to be like them and i stood against it i rejected it i as I, I will never allow this you cannot clone people all right if people want to wear a suit allow them to wear a suit if people want to dress in the african attire allow them to as long as what is coming from within amen is not corrupt is not polluted You've got to understand this because you enter certain place now you've got to behave certain place you've got to behave that's why okay let me just start with that but we've got to understand that god uses our personality so where our whichever way you pray as long as you know your concept of prayer amen is in alignment with the principle with the concept with the you know with the values of god's word all right and, and then you cannot tell me where you see i'm a very quiet person so i just like to pray like this all the time can i tell you something is wrong with you <laughs> because that does not tally with what the word of god says i mean the bible the bible says they prayed and the place shook i mean that is not some quiet prayer you, you get the point so i'm, I'm trying to bring a balance that yes, there are times for quiet prayer. There, there, there are times for fervent prayer. But I'm also saying the fervency of our prayer is not just in the expression of our emotion. Our emotion should be secondary, amen, to the fervency of our spiritual expression. You get what I'm saying? This is important. So that when we pray, we pray with everything that we are. Everything that we are. Our prayer starts from within. Amen. It impacts our soul. Amen. It, 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 it's carried out. Amen. By our body. So when I pray, I'm lifting up my hand. Amen. It means that first of all, my hands are already lifted from within my heart. Every aspect of my life. Amen. Is lifted to God in honor, in adoration. So I'm not just lifting my hands as a, as a sign of experience of religion i'm doing it literally because indeed amen i am giving all to god i am blessing the lord the bible says paul said i wish that men lift up holy hands so you know that when your hands are lifted they are holy hands they are not hands of wrath they are not hands filled with stain and you know you, you get the point that i'm making because these are all things we've got to understand the days that we live in are days of restoration so every aspect of our life must be realigned back. And that's why I'm taking my time, all right, to correct and to bring alignment, to bring a balance. So if you if you like to shake your head and you like to whatever, whatever you're doing, you can do it as long as you are aligning to truth. You are aligning to the standard of God. You are aligning to the will of God. Amen. You're praying with the right agenda. You're not doing all that while your agenda is something else. So the Bible says, you know, this guy, Joseph, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. That was where chapter 4 closed. So then we go to the next chapter, which is chapter 5, a, cont a continuity of that. 
The Bible says now a man named Aeneas, together with his wife, Sapphira, also sold a piece of land. Okay. You, you know how it is in the church. The spirit of competition. Have you, have, have you seen that before? Have you seen that before in the community? Somebody gave a, gave a title or a blessing to the man of God. And somehow, another, you know, everybody got to hear that, you know, that guy bought, you know, uh, um, a new computer for the, you know, for the, for the bishop or for the man of God. I said, oh, okay. Oh, so you think you're rich, huh? Okay. And yet this guy comes and bought not just a computer, he bought an iPad, he bought a laptop, he bought a phone into the man of God. And so you, you, he, this guy comes with a competitive spirit. You, you get what I'm saying? And the man of God likes it and says, okay, ah, this is good. good, good business. You see where the spirit of mammon and materialism all right, begin to you know, creep into the house of God. Somebody brings a blessing or you know, does something for the house. All right. Another family looks at that. I mean, I've seen that. I mean, oh my word. I've been, I've been in the religious system. I've seen it all. I mean, as a pastor, I've seen it. Somebody, you know, gave the church something. And another family looks at it and says, okay, we'll try to outdo that. In fact, the men of God, they encourage it. So it becomes carnal. But the person who began this thing started with a pure heart. But because your mind has not been renewed and appreciate what the person have done and say, wow, even if you have the resource, the Lord had not asked you to do it. Keep your money. Keep your resource. Keep your blessing. Because if you do anything that the Lord has not asked you to do, amen, you, you create a wrong spirit in the house. You bring a competitive spirit and competi competition, hallelujah, within the concept of the kingdom, amen, is deadly. Because that thing raises, amen, the ugly head, you know, of, of, you know, of the fallen Adamic nature within the community. And this is what, Anna, you know, Ananias and Sapphira did. They, you, you, you could see that they were not led to do what they did. They were not led. The Bible says, Joseph, on a piece of land, he sold the land. He brought the money. To the apostles feet he surrender he give he gave he said guys you guys are the leaders he, he do whatever you want to do and you see the what the scripture say what what they do with that reason they distribute it among them that are in need so you ask me what do you do with church tithe you use it amen for the furtherance amen of the gospel first from within the house all right it's not just to take care of the man of God. The fight that goes, amen, to the house of God, amen, is not just for the man of God. It, it, it must take care of the need of the people, depending on, obviously, the amount of the time. So, so if you ask me, I remember back then when people pay their fight. We look at issues, you know, are there things, are there people who are struggling in the house, okay? What can we do to, you know, to alleviate that, to assist them? You help the people to do that. So you ask me, do you believe in fighting? Well, I believe in fighting that people are convinced to give. It has to be something that you are personally. All right, you say, but it's in the scripture. Yes, it's in the scripture. But there is no place in the scripture that says people must be forced to pay their fight. It is, it is everything about the things of God are relational. So it is you determining. Say, okay, I believe that god is using this house to be a blessing to me or god is using this man who says a tithe must be to a church alone it can be to a person i mean for years i've had people pay their tithe to me in fact i had a lady while, while i was a pastor in nigeria 
in the 90s. This, this, this lady, a doctor, she attends a different church, you know, with her family. But guess what? She pays a tithe to me. And, and this was us even before everybody began to talk about the issues of tithing now. I mean, we've been dealing with this thing years back. And this lady says, no, you minister to me. Because every Wednesday, I go to their hospital. The father runs an, an eye clinic. All right? And I mean, they, they're very wealthy. I mean, they bless. But every Wednesday, the father, sh you know, stops all right, the, the clinic. I mean, this is a religious man. I mean, and, and, I mean, and this man is highly educated. He stops the clinic. I mean, they run an hospital there. This is not just you come in and go. They, in fact, they have, they've got a sleepover bed. So it's a big hospital, but it's private. So he stops Wednesday. He stops by, I think it's 12 o'clock. Yes, 12, I think it's, I'm not sure if it's 11 to 12 or 12 to 1 thereabout it stops everything and all the patients if you if you're a muslim even if you're a hindu man as long as you're in that hospital at that wednesday guess what you must attend the fellowship you just come kindly and say come come let's go good pray there let's go pray the pastor is going to pray for us so they, they they invite me you know every wednesday i just be a blessing and you know pray and this woman but beyond that i mean she's also my friend the, the husband all right is a friend of mine and they, he's been struggling with the issue of you know drug addiction so i've been trying to rehabilitate him and speak to him and encourage him and all that and all that and so this woman said no but you're the one that has been ministering to me so why should i pay my tithe somewhere else yes i go there because it's my church but they've got more than enough you're still a young ministry you're growing so why can't i pay my tithe and she, she's, she was paying. I could remember the first amplifier we bought back then in church. It was a tide. And she was so serious and, and very scriptural. And so you share this thing. Oh, I, I, I used to share this thing back then. My friends, some of them were like, no. Why, why, why were they saying no? Because, <laughs> you know, when the tide leaves the church, then the project they want to do, all the nice things they want to buy, amen, they can't buy. But guess what? You're being a blessing to the body of Christ because that other church, that other ministry is part of the body. The body is one. That is why the concept, the issue of, the, you know, the, the concept of body ministry it's going to be very difficult for a lot of people to accept it. We talk about it by mouth, but we cannot practice it. The Bible says there are all things in common. So if I'm struggling and your church is making it, why can't you send people from your church? I mean, these are things we used to do back then in Nigeria. When, you, when we see a young church starting somewhere, guess what? We take some of our members, we say, go help that church. Three months, go help them, pray, you know, stand with them. And the man is encouraged. We send money there. You know, you be a blessing because that is the work of God. It's not the work of a man. That is how we build. And that is how we build a community. But you see today, it's an empire thing. It's one, one man show. And so, yes, Isaiah struggling to get things fixed. You know, you're trying to be a blessing to the body of Christ. But, you know, the people you're being a blessing to, they're paying their tithe somewhere else. But they have been, a, but you're a blessing to them. So, well, I'm just saying this because I'm not asking you to, you know, suddenly change your mind. No, you've got to be convinced. You've got to know what the spirit of, because somebody is being a blessing to you. The Bible says that Ab Abraham brought the, you know, you know, uh, uh, Melchizedek. All right, you know, Abraham brought the bread and wine to Melchizedek because Abraham was able to realize and recognize, ma, this is a father. This is grace. 
This is grace. This is grace. He brought bread. Nobody told him what to do. He brought bread and wine. Guess what? Melchizedek blessed Abraham with the blessings of the Father. And that principle today obviously has been abused. But for the fact that people abuse a principle does not, does not change you know, the value and the principle. It doesn't change it. We just need to bring a balance. So one of these days we'll talk about all this. But I'm just trying to bring you to perspective, to understand. Because we're dealing with it. So that while you're praying, you're not doing something contrary. Amen. Every aspect of your prayer. Because that's what we're looking at. Amen. Prayer deals with the entire community, the entire order, the entire structure of our life. Uh, prayer is not just one way while other things are contradicting what we're praying. The reason why many pray and they don't get results is because other aspects of their life, amen, is contradicting their prayer life. That's why you need somebody with sight to open this thing up to you, to show you and uh, help you to see and say, wow, I didn't know these things. Yes, that's why heaven, amen, has sent me to help us, you know, have perspective, insight, understand to these things. So that our prayers are not hindered. The Bible says, you know, Sapphira and Ananias brought a wrong spirit, a wrong order to the house, to the structure of the house. Amen. Joseph, amen, brought a powerful spiritual apostolic culture. Remember, the church is being formed. They are going through a, a you know, period of formation. In the midst of this formation, here comes a wrong spirit. Here comes a Jezebel spirit. Here comes a manipulative spirit. The Bible says, now a man named Aeneas, together with his wife, Sapphira, also sold a piece, of, a piece of property. Who knows, maybe they have more than one. But they sold a piece of property with his wife. Listen to this. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself. But brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. So he did the same. Can you see that? It did the same thing that, you know, Joseph did. Then Peter said, Aeneas, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you receive from the land? You receive from the land. Yes, Peter, walking in what? The power of discernment. Yes, Peter, operating in the power of discernment. Peter was able to pick that wrong spirit. Listen to this, friends. It is not what they brought. It is not the amount that they brought that matters. It is the wrong spirit. And God was ready to what? Kill that spirit there because he's building a church. He's, he's, he's empowering a people. Hallelujah. And he's saying, no, 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 no. I'm not going to allow this thing to interfere, to pollute this young community called the Ecclesia. Then Peter said to him, Aeneas, how is it that Satan, how? How did you allow Satan eh, to, you know, to patch on you, to suggest such a kind of thing? How did you allow Satan to fill your heart to the point that you're, you're able to lie to the Holy Spirit eh, you, and you kept, you kept for, for yourself, listen to this, you kept for yourself some of the money you received from the land. Listen to verse 4. Listen to verse 4. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? Did you see the heart? Did, didn't this money, this land, this money belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal 
You own the land, you sold the land, you, 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 you own the money of the land you sold. It's at your disposal. And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just... Listen to this. You have not lied just to human being, but to God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to round up here. We'll continue tomorrow from this point. You have not lied to human being, but to God. Listen to this. The community that we are building is not just about us. It's also about the presence of God. Because whatever we are building must be able to do what? House God. In other words, you violated the architecture of this house. You violated, and yes, you violated the architecture, the order, the structure, the value system of what God is building here. Why did you do that? The land belonged to you. While it was sold, the money belongs to you. You had it. Why did you have to lie? Because that's, that's, that, that, that was his sin. He lied of the amount he sold the land. When Aeneas heard this, listen to this. When Aeneas heard this, he fell down and died. Excuse me, did Peter kill him? No. Who killed him? He killed himself. Lie killed him because lie was not accepted in the order of the house. But, but don't just think of, about the community alone. Start from your own life. You know, one of the things that I told myself when I came to ministry, I would never lie to people about anything. No matter how I am suffering, I would never. If I have a need and I come out and say, look, I've got a need, you better believe I've got a need. I will, never, I will never lie because I know what lie can do to you. Oh my God. Lie can actually, beyond taking your joy, lie can make you commit suicide. Because of the kind of guilt that you're going to feel. So why putting yourself through all that? Why did you lie to God? You've not only lied to a human being. You, you thought this is just about us, right? Uh, Aeneas, you made a mistake. He said, but you've also lied to God. While Aeneas had this, he fell down and died. Simple, just like that. And look at what the next thing. And great fear sees all who heard what happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped him up, wrapped his body up, and carried him out to bury him. The same thing, Bible says, verse 7. After three hours later, it's like the planet. All right, you go say this thing. What would be their motive? What would be their motive? We're talking about the concept, amen, of kingdom culture. What would be their motive of lying? I told you, it was a competitive spirit. They wanted position. They wanted recognition. People who do th things like this, you know that they are insecure. People who are insecure are, are manipulative and they will use, sometimes they will use their resource, they will use their money, they will use their influence to try to manipulate others, to try to buy power. As they do it in politics, so we see today in the body of Christ. 
Some people will come and give you, you know, gift. Not because they really appreciate what God is doing in your life. No, the gift is to buy you. And if you're blind, like Proverbs says, he was blind to a gift, all right? He's captured. I thank God for the people who, be, who are blessing to me. But that would never, even if they give me a million US dollars, when they're wrong, I say correct them. You're wrong because a wrong can never be a right. But today, many men of God have been bought by gifts. I mean, somebody buys a car for a man of God. I mean, my place, people really literally, they, they build a house for men of God. They buy a house, they build. I mean, you've seen people today buying jet for men of God. Do you think that such a man have the, have the audacity to tell the people the truth? These are things we need to consider. So as you go through this day, I consider this concept of prayer. Please remember that beyond our prayer, what informs those prayer, what establish those prayer, are what really matters the most. So I want to encourage you this morning. Go out there and let the power and the spirit of God scrutinize your heart, scrutinize your motive. Are you doing things for people to see it? Are you doing things to make an impression? Are you doing things, amen, to challenge others, to prove to others that you're better, that you can outdo others? Or are you actually even doing things for others too, to accept you? Or are you doing things because truly you see a need and you want to reach out and be a blessing? And when you do that, the God who sees what you do in secret will reward you openly. Father, we thank you. We honor you for this beautiful word. What, a, what an expression. I could just feel, feel you in my office. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. I feel the conviction in the heart of some of the people watching, listening. I thank you, God. Lord, our lives have been transformed, reformed, restored, redeemed. We honor you for this. We appreciate you. As we engage this day, Father, may we continue to remember that it's not by might, it's not by power, but by your spirit. So help us to learn to surrender and depend on your spirit in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, thank you everyone this morning for uh, connecting with me. Sorry, my hand will not be able to reach where my phone is to be able to scroll down to call everybody's name. But I see my, uh, my brother, Pastor Destiny. Amen. Thank you. All right. No, no. My sister, actually, Destiny. God bless you. Amen. And Sister Tina, I say, please pardon me. <laughs> I, I also saw uh, uh, Pastor Israel join. Amen. Thank you so much, everyone. And uh, uh, my brother, Pastor Malcolm, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I, I think I also saw Sister Blanche, yes. And the rest that I cannot see, please forgive me. All right, my hand, you can see I can't reach. All right. <laughs> thank you so much, everyone. Enjoy your day. God bless you. Bye-bye.